Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I'm Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll, and we are back. I know it's been a couple of weeks. We apologize. It has been chaotic. I just flew back from Florida, and boy, are my arms tired. Oh, uh, yeah, but Florida was great, uh, so that that was what happened last week. Uh, the week before, uh, as I've mentioned on this podcast previously, and as some of you may have seen on my social media, I have a dog, Millie. She is wonderful. Yes. She is great. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, you know, the night we were supposed to record, Millie uh, had a upset tummy uh, and upset intestines. Oh, geez. Um, the... You know, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> the smell was bad to come home to. Um, oh, anyone who has owned a dog knows what I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, it was it was a rough day for her, literally. Uh, rough day for me <laughs> trying to clean all that up. Um, but uh, she is she is fine. She is good. Uh, she is she is all better now. She is currently uh, sitting comfortably in her bed, eating a frozen Kong filled with peanut butter and treats. So she is doing well, living the life. By the way, Matt, uh, I just got her DNA panel uh, back today. Oh, yeah, you did that. Nice. Yeah, I did. So um, it turns out I may need to uh, protect my ears uh, because she is 30 percent boxer. Ah, so. OK, I can see that a little bit. Having seen yeah. that. Nice. Yeah, don't want don't want my ears bitten off like uh, like Mike Tyson. Um, boxing reference, yes, there we go. We yeah. got Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield reference on the podcast. Love that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, and, and last time we talked, Matt, uh, we were dissecting the opening day loss and the lack of offense, and you know things were looking bleak. You know, it was opening day. We weren't you know trying to be too down. It's like, hey, look, it's just one game. Uh, don't try to read too much into it. It looked a lot like the 2022 team uh, on opening day with the offense not doing much. But since then, since Ooh. then, it's been a couple of weeks and things, Matt, are uh, looking up. Just a little bit better. Uh, Brewers are in first place, still in first place, I should yep. say, um, in the NL Central, as they have been uh, for a long time now. Uh, they are actually now back to tied for first place in all of the National League. Oh, um, it looks like so for t- matching 14 and five records with the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are only behind the Tampa Bay Rays, who went on a hell of a 13 and 0 run to start the season, matching the old 1987 Brewers for the mm-hmm. second longest streak ever. Um, but now the Rays have at least lost a few, and the Brewers are actually only a couple games behind them for the best record in all of baseball. Wow. Who would have thought after opening day that that's where we'd be sitting just about three weeks later? A Insane. lot of people on the Internet, that's who. Exactly. Well, they would not have thought, actually. No. No, they would not have. The Internet was ablaze with uh, fire and venom. Uh, but... Luckily, things have turned around, and they have gone on quite the streak. The homestand uh, was excellent, especially for the young kids. I was there at opening day, and the Grand Slam by Bryce Terang. Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, so many good moments. Joey Weimer throwing out Daniel Vogelback. Uh, that was a huge moment there. Garrett Mitchell had a big moment. Uh, you know, walk-off home run and all. Multi-homer game. Uh, 
back-to-back-to-back homers off Max Scherzer, who has now been suspended for 10 games for a sticky stuff violation. Very interesting stuff over there. But that was back last homestand, winning five of six games. That's that's old news. Then they go on the road, and you get a 10-game, 10-day, three-city road trip against the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are actually in first place in the NL West so far. The San Diego Padres, who have been spending gobs of money, and the yeah. Seattle Mariners, who made the playoffs last season, mm-hmm. and the Brewers went seven and three. Yeah, they took three of four from the Padres in Seattle. They swept the Mariners, three or four from the Padres in San Diego. Excuse me. They swept the Mariners in Seattle, and Matt, this team is looking like well-rounded. And yeah. like they're they're hitting with with two outs, they they're they're hitting with runners in, in scoring position. They they're stringing hits together. Who the hell are these guys? Yeah. On top of that, they have the by the numbers the best bullpen in the league. Um, Who'd have thought and, that? Right. Um, we knew that was something they were going to have. Imagine to how much better on. they'd be without Matt Bush. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, and then. <clears throat> and then Matt Bush actually even comes back in his last outing and goes three up, three down, three strikeouts. So we we know he has it even within him. But like they've been, the bullpen has been performing despite him kind of giving up some home runs. Home so runs again, yeah. Yep. But the bullpen's firing on all cylinders. The uh, offense is firing on all cylinders. The starting pitching by all rights has been, um, even though they've taken some hits, they're still largely doing well. And this has all been with kind of. Some injuries starting to float in here and there, both to the starting rotation and to some of the position players. And the Brewers are just weathering the storm with ease. I mean, it's we talked about this a little so bit far. in our writers chat. What's that? So far. So far. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we talked about it in our writers chat a little bit like there's. Yes, it's early. They're only, you know, what is that? 25, 14 and five. So 19 games in. Um, There's. Just no, I don't get any sense of panic around this team. Like, like the other shoe is about to drop. Like, some, like we're just around the corner from, you know, disaster. That 2022 team, as good a start as they got off to, I don't know if it's because they never quite distanced themselves from the Cardinals. I don't know if it was because of the nature of some of the injuries, but there was, I don't know, there was always like this looming sense of something could go wrong with this team. Maybe it was the the inconsistent offense bullpen. I don't know. But it always felt like there was just like something. And they were always t- able to keep it at bay. And then here comes right the Josh the Hader trade. trade happened. Yeah. Yeah. It like started going downhill. And then when the Here's Hader a torpedo. Happened, like, yeah. Gone. Yeah. I get no sense of any of that with this team. Like the offense seems to be more consistent. Like you said, like timely hitting happening when they need it. Um, The culture seems better. Like Mm -hmm. I know last year we had like, you know, there was like the Thanos glove and they had certain celebrations and like, you know, yeah, there were things happening, the bell, but like, I don't know. Something about that team. And that's actually been addressed. Like, I've seen a couple of, you know, of the players say that, like, there is a different vibe around the team this year. And I don't know why there, like, wasn't last year. There wasn't any reason for it not to be good vibes. 
But I, I just it it feels better. Everything about the team, about like the culture, about their attitudes, about the play, everything just seems better. And maybe it's winning that that makes me feel that way. But I don't know. I just I get so much better of a sense around this team. Mm-hmm. And I felt like like in a writer's chat, like that was kind of the consensus. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does feel different than where they were last year. Like there definitely was that that unease about last year's team, um, even in the early going. Um, and and some of the players have been speaking to this as well. You know, Eric Lauer was talking about their the lunch dates that that you know they all went on about you know learning new things about some of their teammates, maybe that they don't normally hang out with and just kind of forming a more cohesive group um, and just kind of having more fun. And also like last year, all those celebrations came in like mid later in the year. Like they didn't get the yeah. bell until like what, May, June. Oh yeah. That was, like that. that was way like, later. The yep. cheese head, which is their celebration this year, which is absolutely fantastic. By the way, mm-hmm. the, the home run cheese head that came out in the, first homestand like, yeah. like that. I mean, they probably, they would have had it in the first road trip out in Chicago, but they didn't hit any home runs. So <laughs> right. they couldn't really bring it out, but still uh, they won two out of three against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just been a whole lot of winning uh, since. And, and it's been, it's been great. And I think part of it is the kids, the freshmen. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some of the guys, Renfro Wong are out Jace Peterson out, um, and you've got the kids in Bryce Terang and Garrett Mitchell and Joey Weimer ended up getting the call after opening day because Luis Rios got hurt. Yeah. Um, and so now you've got those three guys, uh, those three rookies that are up and they are playing just about every single day, um, and they're contributing and, and doing pretty well, um, and. That's that's playing a part in it. Like you got a young team this year. You know, Contreras came, William Contreras is 25, mm-hmm. um, and he has been hitting the ball exceptionally well. He hasn't been hitting for too much power quite yet, but he is getting hits. He is getting on base, uh, and that is that is what you need. Just just get on base. He's hitting what 300 something to to start the year here. I think he's hitting like 304. Yeah, he, so, he was the last I checked. I'll take that. You know, I'll, I'll take a 304 batting average from my starting catcher. Yeah. Yeah, from your catcher especially, where a position where a lot of teams just assume they're not going to get any offense. Yeah. And if they get okay anything, it's gravy. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Houston Astros have been doing that for years with uh, Maldonado, <laughs> let's be honest. But yeah. he, gets, he keeps his job because of his defense. And Contreras, yeah. meanwhile... Um, is bringing the offense and is already bringing the defense. Like this is insane. What the Brewers catching development is able to do. We talk about the pitching development all the time. And we've talked about the catching development, especially with regards to Narvaez and how it it, uh, improved stuff there. I think we assumed it would take a little time for them to work with Contreras and improve some things, but he's, he's like already league leading and, um, uh, in uh, blocking runs saved or whatever the new metric is framing or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his framing is decent. Like he's, he's back there. Oh, and I just read that his pop time is improved a lot. He was in in Atlanta. So even they've even got him, you know, transferring and getting the ball down to, 
uh, second to cut down base dealers even faster. Like, dudes come in here, and we were like, oh, great. This is going to be awesome for offense. And we were going to be patient with the defense. Well, we don't have to. So he's been everything so far that we hoped he would be. Um, and, yeah, the, the freshman, like, that's been awesome. And that's something that, like, is a little bit different than what Council's done in the past. He hasn't necessarily all the time relied on some of those young guys. It's why, you know, I I hoped they'd carry Weimer early. And it's crazy to think that the last time we recorded, Joey Weimer wasn't yeah. on the roster. Um, yeah. But Weird. that's how long it's been. Yeah. Um, but Joey Weimer, you know, I, I was hoping they'd carry him just because I was worried about them not having enough pure outfielders. But I wasn't surprised because that was just a lot of young guys to have on the team. Well, one day after opening day, Weimer joins the team as well. And really, by and large, they're all contributing well. I know Weimer got a little cold, um, but Mitchell's had a good start to oh. the season. Terang's had a good start to the season. like, and, and I think it's infused the team with a little bit of extra energy. Here's here's the thing with Weimer. Uh, pitchers figured out relatively quickly uh, he can't really hit off-speed pitches. All of yeah. his hits have really kind of come on fastballs. Uh, he doesn't do too much damage against the uh, curveballs and, and and breaking balls. So, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, well, I'll just throw him nonstop breaking balls. Uh, and that has really kind of uh, put him into a bit of a cold stretch. Yeah. Um, I, I always thought Weimer kind of wasn't quite ready uh, just yet. Right. Um, but... Uh, yeah. Also, uh, back to William Contreras, uh, by the way. So I pulled up his his defensive numbers. His pop time last year uh, averaged 1.97, and so far this year it's at 1.89. Okay, so that's that's a nice notable uh, improvement. Um, his strike rate uh, in framing has gone from 45% last year to 51.3. Hmm. Uh, his catcher framing runs last year, negative three. So far this year, plus one. Catcher blocks above average. Last year, negative three. This year, positive three. So, big improvements defensively. Let's give a round of applause to Charlie Green. All right, got to call out Charlie Green, Brewers catching instructor extraordinaire. Uh, he worked with Contreras all spring training, and I'm assuming throughout the offseason a little bit. And he has turned Contreras into an excellent defender uh, behind the plate, and he's hitting extremely well. So you love to see it. And this offense really has been has been flowing. And I feel like the difference between this year and last year is that they're not relying on one or two guys. We're, right. we're not relying on the Christian Yelich show. We're not relying on the Willie Adamas show. It's a different guy every night. It's guys contributing up and down the lineup. And it puts the the Brewers, I mean, the, the Brewers have got a lot of production from the bottom of the order, mm-hmm. even. I mean, that that's something that, you know, even, even when, I mean, Adamas hasn't gotten off to a hot start really this year, but you're seeing it from Terang and Mitchell and Brian Anderson and Owen Miller and Mike Brasso, and these guys are hitting well. Yeah, um, you look back to kind of the first, uh, you know, week or so of games. <clears throat> it was the freshman. It was Brian Anderson, who has been a fantastic pickup. Um, yes. The, the man, seeing that guy's cannon has been one of the yes. funnest parts of this year. I had no We clue need to talk that. about this. 
holy cow, I had no idea that he had as strong as arm as he did. And whether he's at third or in right field, that like you've got to uh, make smart decisions on the base paths when he's yeah. picking up the ball. Don't first. take any wow. bases. That, that's your smart decision. Yeah. yeah and, and like all coming up, like we had heard about Joey Weimer's arm and Joey Weimer has a great arm. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he threw out, to, I mean, granted it was Daniel Vogelback, but he did, but that ball should have been a double even for Daniel. Oh, Vogelback. Yeah. oh yeah. But he just gets over there in the corner, spins, fires, flat footed. And it's a one hop strike right to second base to get him. But in Seattle, over there, Brian Anderson's in right field. And, um, you know, runner could be going to third. He's not, but he gets it almost flat-footed, it seemed. Mm-hmm. Fires a 102-mile-an-hour cannon to third base. <laughs> almost sails it over. Like, like, it gets there on the fly. Mm-hmm. Rosso is, like, standing up, like, reaching up, like, just kind of like normal, like, to get it. Like behind the base, like just absolute frozen rope from right field, like like that line, like he threw it harder than the ball came at him. That, that was hit 101 miles an hour off the bat. He threw it 102 into third base mm-hmm. off the. He threw it harder than it came off the bat. Like what? So I, I saw someone tweeting, he's like, this guy should be on the mound. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, That's what the Brewers. I mean, the thing is, though, Brian Anderson can actually hit. Um, yes. You know, the the Brewers did this with Lucas Ursig because you know that they put him on the mound because he he could do that same kind of stuff. They put him on the mound because he stopped hitting. But also, next Shohei Otani, Brian Anderson, maybe. Oh, I I I wouldn't mind. You, you, you heard know, it if it, here. If it comes to a position player pitching sort of situation. I know you don't want to usually roll your main guys out there for it, but I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, see how fast of a fastball he can sling in there. Yeah. Most of the time, those guys just kind of lob it in there. But, like, I want to see you throw some darts, man. Right. I, you know, I remember this was a few years ago. I had been hoping, based off of his gun sometimes at shortstop, that the Brewers would let Orlando Arcia be a position player pitching. And then they finally did. And he just lobbed them all in there. It's like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. This could have been fun. but Craig probably told him, no, just right. don't. It's like, fine, I'll put you in there, but you are taking it easy, buddy. Yeah. Or I'll take you right on out. So that that's a different story. But meanwhile, Brian Anderson, um, I believe, still leading the team in RBIs. He was uh, mm-hmm. as of that Seattle series. Um, you've got the team as a whole – is currently eighth in, in the league in average, eighth in the league in on base percentage, and 14th in slugging percentage. That feels like it's a little bit different than kind of some of the recent Brewers teams who relied on, you know, a lot of those teams were home run or nothing type teams mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, would sacrifice some of the average for the big innings. And this team is just all around hitting well, getting on base while they're doing the things they need to do to manufacture runs. And we haven't necessarily always been used to that recently. And it's kind of a little bit of a breath of fresh air. We get to see offense all the time. It's we've had Brewers teams over the last few years, especially obviously the 2018 team that like, you knew that the Brewers were never out of any game that year. Mm -hmm. Um, They could be down four runs in the eighth 
and you were going to stay glued to that TV because you never knew what could happen with that team. Mm-hmm. And this team's starting to, granted, again, very early, but this team is already starting to have a little bit of that feeling. Like, there's a sense that anything could happen in any inning. They could have a rough start to a game. They have had three shutouts already. I must point that out. Um, Mm -hmm. So that would actually be three of their five losses have been shutouts. That's just a weird – they've been involved in seven shutouts so far to start the season already. Four mm-hmm. pro, three con, which I feel like is a lot, but yeah. um, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. Um, but no, like there's there's just a feeling that this team can do like anything, that they're never out of it. And it's an early feeling, sure. We'll see what happens when they face their first kind of bit of adversity, maybe, more so than just the Diamondback series. Um but I don't know. I get good vibes. I've got good feeling. They are fun to watch every single night so far. And I, I come in expecting a win. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of what they've been able to. to I mean, even in some of these like super close games, um, you know, the, the one nothing game against the Padres, you know, Wade Miley tossing a gem mm-hmm. against the Padres. And, you know, it's so tense and stressful. Like, you know, like is one run really going to beat the Padres? And sure enough, they're able to pull it off. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, they had a couple of close ones there with the Mariners, you know, going into extra innings. And it's like, and they had one in the extra innings against uh, the Padres as well. And it's like extra innings on the road. Typically you don't win those. Right. Um, you know, especially with runner on second base, you know, and, and really even in those extra innings, they only get the one run. Um, so it, it shouldn't be, you know, too much for, for the opposing team to be able to at least, you know, keep it going or, or get the win. And the Brewers are holding on. And this kind of circles back to the bullpen being as good as they, as they have been all season long. Peter Strzelecki has been exceptionally good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Wilson uh, has been excellent. Uh, Devin Williams, of course, excellent. Uh, got a little stressful there uh, against the Padres, but, you know, still good so mm-hmm. i mean the brewers are in a, a really good spot with this group and you just it, it, it's a, it's so refreshing like i don't want to get too far ahead of myself you know because it's like okay you're looking at this 14 and 5 they're winning so many games especially against really good teams and it's like it's april we got to chill out a little bit you know we, we can't try to be like all right world series here we come because of <laughs> april because it's a long season and a lot can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, let's talk about that bullpen again for a little bit. Um, the pitcher, like, they don't have a particularly bad or poor performing pitcher in that entire bullpen. Javi Guerra has the highest ERA in the entire bullpen at 4.05. Like, usually hmm. you've got guys in those, like, fives and sixes and stuff like that. Um you know, just because, like, there's got to be some weak links. Like, yeah, right well, Jansen Junk got option down, so there goes right, him. right. But he, <laughs> but he also started. So, like, just talking about the bullpen, like, Guerra is the worst at a 4.05. For you know what Matt Bush has done, he's still got a 3.68 ERA. Yeah, he uh, started off, you know, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he gave up a couple of homers and a couple of games in a row, and you know, then it's like, oh no, here we go again. Right. Strzelecki's been fantastic. Bryce Wilson's really been pretty good. 
Yoel Piamps um, had a rough start. He's down to a 2-2-5 for ERA. Yeah. Hobie uh, has been Hobie. Uh, Hobie's been, uh, he's 3.24. He's, oddly enough, he has the third highest ERA out of the bullpen right now. And But that's at a 3.24. Like, that's still good. Um, and then Gus yeah. Farland. Oh, we haven't even talked about Gus Farland. Yes, yet. we, we got to talk some Gus Farland. Our, yeah, our boy, 2.7 ERA, um, had been cruising along and then almost, almost a catastrophic injury that, man, like, he's on the IL, but, like, that could have been so much worse. Yeah, comebacker uh, coming right back at him, deflects off his hand, hits him in the face. Uh, you know, he goes down, pops back up, but, uh, you know, still took a, a pretty direct hit and ends up with a hand contusion, which, you know, all things considered, not that bad uh, for, for Varlin. But he goes on the IL, um, you know, very, very unfortunate. I really like watching him pitch, uh, but he'll he'll be back soon enough. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we get Elvis Piguero up now. But, I mean, Varland is just showing nasty stuff. I mean, he yeah. is throwing the ball hard. He's got great movement. Um, you know, he's he's really showcasing that, that he deserves to be in the big leagues. And he's he's been getting out. And it, it's really been, been great to see. And I think, and I said this in uh, my bold predictions before the season, I think by the end of the year, we're going to be looking at Gus Varland as, as a trusted setup man for this team. Absolutely. Um, I I mean, I don't, I, I, you had had a piece out recently about whether it was time to demote Matt Bush from the eighth inning role. Yeah. It's, it sucks because he does show those flashes of, um, you know, like dominance, like when his stuff is on, he can be, and you mentioned this on, in the article as well. Like when he's on, he is near impossible to hit. And he actually, then he occasionally like, drops a watermelon in the middle of the plate. <laughs> exactly. He somehow he's only given up a 120 batting average on the year, but of the hit of the three hits he's given up, two of them are homers. Yep. So yeah, and one was a game tying homer. Yes, that it forced was. the game against the Padres to go into extra innings. Yeah. So it's tough with him. Um, I'm sure they'll give him a little bit longer of a leash, but. You know, if that catches up to him, if he starts giving up hits too, if the Brewers end up losing some games because of a home run he gives up or two, you know, maybe you do look at some other guys. And yeah, you've got a Gus Farland, you've got a Peter Streslecki, like both of those guys, I think, would be very solid options late. You could go Holby Milner, you know, depending on if you've got like maybe you got three lefties in a row or two out of three or something. You know, I, I think you've got a few other guys there who very easily could be relied upon in those high leverage situations. And this isn't necessarily a a luxury that the Brewers had last year. You had that kind of that three headed monster, or at least the uh, most recent version of it in Boxberger, Williams and Hader, but Hader towards the all-star break started kind of, you know, having his mid season swoon that he always ends up having Boxberger. He was kind of up and down, at times he ended up uh, reaching a, hitting a cold streak as well. Devin Williams outside of, uh, you know, a few rough outings to start the year was overall very good last season. Um, but like you didn't have a lot of other guys until Milner kind of started rounding into form. You didn't have a lot of other guys that you could um, rely on super late. The Brewers now look like they have a few. And that's just like, that is, that's all we wanted this year. After yeah. last year's bullpen and needing that depth and consistency, 
like they've got it at least early. Like there's yeah. this season, but it's a, well, a really encouraging start. And I think also last year, I mean, they, they may have gotten a little too stuck into the roles. I mean, De- yeah. like Devin Williams was your clear eighth inning guy the entire time. Yep. Brad Boxberger was pretty much your clear seventh inning guy the entire time. The rest of the guys were fighting for middle relief. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and then midseason they try to reshuffle the entire bullpen. You know, bringing in a couple of arms, sending a couple out, and you know, there's a little bit of, like dysfunction there because then you had Taylor Rogers, and and then you had you know Bush in there, and you're trying to all figure out who's going to pitch where. Uh, you know, it all seems so very chaotic and hectic out there. Uh, yeah. The entire time the bullpen was not as strong as it had been in years past. And that, you know, contributed to their downfall with what, 31 blown saves uh, or something that that season, and like 16 of them in the final two months after the hater trade. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was it was very chaotic in that bullpen last year. But but this year it is absolutely looking much, much better. Um, and. You know, then then you go to the rotation, and you know it every every time it seems like you know they've got something a little bit figured out, they're they're finally just kind of getting there. Some something pops up, throwing it. You know, Brandon Woodruff goes on the IL. He's got a sub scap strain. We got to talk about mm. this now. Yep. Uh, Brandon Woodruff. I mean, they said they're gonna check it out more once they get back to Milwaukee. Um, and now that they are back, so they'll probably tell us at some point here on Friday uh, what, what the update is with Woodruff. But typically, a pitcher with a sub-scap strain, they're shut down from throwing for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woodruff was shut down from throwing the entire road trip. Um, he may end up being shut down from throwing for a couple more weeks, uh, which means you're looking at probably a return in June mm-hmm. at the earliest um, so you're looking at perhaps an extended period of time here without your co-ace, Brandon Woodruff. And we had the scare of all scares yeah. uh, in Corbin Burns uh, against the Mariners, where all of a sudden he calls for the trainer and says, my chest, my chest yeah. is feeling tight, my pec or whatever, and gets pulled out of the game. And it's like, oh, no, here we go again. And, like, you know, you just lose Woodruff. You can't afford to lose Burns now, too. But... Thankfully, the prayer circle had worked. Uh, God has answered our prayers, and Corbin Burns will not need an IL stint. Uh, he is. It was just a bit of a sore sternum, kind of extended it on the tag and the rundown on the pickoff play uh, previously. And he is going to be good to go for his start uh, on Sunday, and he's not going to miss any time. And that is a massive bullet dodged even if the brewers didn't dodge some other injury bullets they dodged this one matt and that was crucial yeah especially where they're sitting at now um you know we we found out um i think it was since our last recording yeah it would have had to have been that aaron ashby is gonna miss he could end up missing the entire season at this point yeah if he comes back it's going to be very late in the season um they're without adrian hauser still at this point, uh, Brandon Woodruff has gone down. Um, Jansen Junk did get his first spot start with the Brewers. Didn't go particularly well. Colin Ray had a surprisingly fantastic mm-hmm. first start with the Brewers. His second start wasn't as good, but honestly, when you actually look at it, he had one crooked inning, and all the yeah. rest were zeros. He still went six. Like, if, Five, if you take I out think. his... I thought he did... 
or maybe he went into the six. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but regardless, he ended up, you know, it was five because he pitched two scoreless innings after the third was when he yeah. had his blow up. That's what it was. Um, yeah. So, like, that start actually could have been worse. And the Brewers ended up winning the game anyway. So, there. Yeah. Um, but, like, their depth is already being tested. So, if Corbin, Corbin Burns had also gone down and you're, you know, quote unquote, two co aces are gone. Man, like oh, the ho- the hottest start in the world would be hard to keep going with that situation for a team like that. That would have been killer. So yeah. it was when he kind of talked about it after the game and was like, I should be good. I honestly don't even think I'll miss a start. And then, you know, the next day or two, we finally find out, yep, everything tested out fine. We're good to go. Like that was a huge sigh of relief. Yeah. Adrian Hauser is on a rehab assignment, so he should be close to returning. That does help. But yeah, Aaron Ashby is out. Uh, Jason Alexander's on the 60-day IL. That's another blow to the to the starting pitching depth. Um, you know, you lose Woodruff. Like, you're already down to Colin Ray. You know, Colin Ray is not someone on the depth chart a lot of people would have had uh, picked to join this rotation. Uh, at, at any point, they, they would have hoped it would not have gotten down to him. Yeah. But, you know, what else are you looking at here for your starting pitching depth? You got Jansen Junk, who made his one spot start, then got optioned back down. The Brewers went to a six-man rotation over the road trip, so they needed someone else to come up. You know, so you lose Woodruff, and you have to bring up two guys, essentially, to replace him. Mm -hmm. Um, But you got Ray up there now. Uh, Junk can be called upon. Other than that, you're looking at Robert Gasser, who may not be ready quite yet. Yeah, Robert Stock, uh, Tyler Herb, Caleb Bosley. I would love for them to call it Boz. Uh, that would be yeah. great. But Ethan Small has been moved to the bullpen in Nashville. Tyson Miller's in the bullpen. Cam Robinson, Jake Cousins, those guys are in the bullpen. Uh, the Brewers made a waiver claim. J.B. Bukaskis, mm-hmm. bullpen. Uh, yeah. Bennett Souza, they made a, a trade for him as well. Some some money going for Bennett Souza. He'd be a bullpen guy. So really, you're kind of scraping your your depth already, um, having lost Ashby and Hauser and Woodruff and Alexander. Um, and now you already got Ray up there. Um, once Hauser comes back, I'm assuming Ray will go back down, um, mm. and they'll roll with Burns, Lauer, Peralta, Miley, Hauser. Yeah. Until Woodruff gets there. Uh, I, I feel like that'd be a solid spot for them, but yeah. I mean, otherwise you're pulling Bryce Wilson maybe to make a spot start. I'm not sure yeah. if they want to go that route, but that's where you're at. That's the direction I thought they were going to go in before they called up Colin Ray. So I was, I was a little surprised, but I also, I, I just didn't think they'd go <laughs> with Colin Ray. Um, I thought yeah. they'd go with kind of your boy Bosley before they go with Ray. So yeah, fortunately, like Ray was the one that was on regular rest in Nashville. Like, right. like the way the spot lined up, um, yep. you know, Boss had just pitched uh, like two days prior or something, so he wasn't going to be available. Yeah, uh, it wasn't going to be easiest for him to get the call. So <laughs> they ended up going with Colin Ray, who was scheduled to pitch that night, anyways. So I get it, uh, but yeah, yeah I really want to see my boy Boss get the call one of these days. We'll see, we'll see you soon, dude. Yeah. I, I had him as my uh, – I had a, a piece out eh, a couple weeks ago 
um, that was one underrated prospect at each level who will exceed expectations. And Bosley was my triple A guy. There you go. Uh, was my triple A guy. James Meeker was my double A guy. And that one's proving out uh, to be very well because no one scored off of him since like last fall. Um, yeah, like last July or something. Yeah, it's something just, yeah, I guess that'd be the summer, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So those two have been, been a long day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just wanted to hype up your boy Bosley. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's good, man. I hope, I hope he gets to call one of these days, but, uh, but yeah. And then, yeah, James Meeker been dominating, uh, you know, minor league season is underway, which has been great. Um, you know, seeing the, seeing the prospects playing and, uh, seeing all these guys, you know, really just, just getting going and getting new looks, seeing what guys have done, what changes they've made. Um, Jackson Churio's up in double A. That's great to see. You got Sal Freelich in triple A. He now has a thumb injury. So yeah, uh, over there in Seattle, as injury news continue to get worse, you know, what one day as the Brewers, you know, end a game, we're waiting with bated breath for an update on Corbin Burns to see if he's going to be up for an extended period of time. Then all of a sudden we have the same thing with Garrett Mitchell, who ends up leaving an extra innings game late um with a shoulder subluxation Mm -hmm. uh so we're all like oh hey yay great we won but we also may have just lost garrett mitchell uh sliding into third you know i was i was just about to tweet about how it's like oh like garrett mitchell's our ghost runner like he's our our starting runner on second base like oh man this is this is gonna be great and then before i could even tweet it the ball gets put in play it's hit to first base first base and Mm -hmm. ty france has the idea to throw all the way across the diamond to try to get Garrett Mitchell. Does he know who's running first of all, but so Mitchell gets in there safely, but because you know, the plays over there, Mitchell has to slide and and try to avoid the tag. And he does, but as he, as he does, so he tries, you know, he reaches his left hand out towards the bag, which had the oven mitt on it. So he couldn't really get much of a grip. So he's trying to grip through the oven mitt and like on his left arm as he's sliding past at full speed and it just kind of subluxed it, just just kind of, you know, sort of dislocated it, pulled it a little bit. Um, And then he, you know, tries to get back on with the right hand and he ends up being safe, but it did damage to his shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, So he ended up having to come out of the game later on and you know, he's hoping it's it's not going to be too bad, but you've potentially lost Mitchell for for a while. He's gone on the IL. They've, reco- they've recalled Blake Perkins mm-hmm. to help fill in the outfield spot, not Sal Freelich, but Garrett Mitchell. You know, th- this is someone who has been having an excellent start to the season, and now he may be out for an extended period of time. Yeah, he was, uh, I think, one of the games recently I saw his average uh, had dropped a little bit, but it was still like 273. Um, So he was hitting well. He's had some bombs, kind of starting to try and answer some of those questions about whether he can unleash that in-game power. Obviously, he has the defense. Um, We're back at that level where, you know, we've got a guy in center field who, um, as soon as something is hit there, if it's even you know, remotely catchable, we know our guys got it. Like yeah. Garrett Mitchell's getting to just about everything back there. Um, 
And yeah, he had had a good start to the season and now is out. Um, yes, Blake Perkins is up. Um, Tyrone Taylor, who I feel like has become kind of forgotten at this point almost. Yeah. Uh, but he should be starting rehab uh, assignment soon. Um, Tuesday, and as soon I as he's ready, you know, you'll see him up and Perkins back down. But I think this is actually a really big opportunity for Joey Weimer. Um, you know, he's going to actually get probably the majority of those uh, center field starts over Perkins because he, let's be honest, Weimer is the future here. Um, yep. But he's gotten off to a bit of a slower start. So he's going to be getting regular playing time if he can kind of use that and turn his cold start into something a little bit hotter. And he took a step in that last Seattle game, getting his first hit off a breaking ball. Um, and there we go. Congratulations, Joey. Um, and collecting a couple overall. Um, but if he can do that, maybe, you know, hit a couple home runs that he's used to and start feeling a little more comfortable. You know, maybe then once there's some uh, roster decisions to be made down the road, he ends up getting to stick around with the big league club as opposed to, you know, being sent down for more, a uh, little more seasoning in AAA. So big opportunity for him coming up for sure. Yeah. You know, the important thing for Weimer is just keeping that, just, just continuing to put the ball in play, mm-hmm. um, not striking out too much. Um, you know, his K percentage isn't, you know, it's, it's 54th percentile uh, right now, but Average exit velocity, 8th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 19th percentile. Yeah. Expected batting average, 11th percentile. Those have to get pumped up. He's got to make higher quality contact here. Um, because, look, like, Weimer's got a very loud swing, and when he makes contact, it goes far. Um, you know, when he makes solid contact. So the fact that he's, like, 8th percentile on average exit velocity and, you know, he's so low in hard hit percentage, it's like, wait a minute, Joey Weimer? Yeah, Everything is, right. is hard. like, so that's something that's going to need to be uh, improved as, as time goes on here, finding the barrel more, um, just make more solid contact. But yeah, finding, being able to hit breaking balls uh, is definitely going to be a big, big help for him. Cause that, that's definitely been a struggle. And, and like now as pitchers have kind of figured it out, uh, he's, 48.7% of the pitches he's faced that, that, that he's seen have been breaking balls. Only 40, 41% fastballs. So, you know, as, as pitchers figured out that he couldn't really hit the breaking ball much, they have ticked up that percentage. So, yeah. it's, oh, it's a rookie. I'll just throw him a fastball. Pfft, oh, no. Yeah. Um, and, and he'll get past that. He just, you know. He needs those reps. He needs to, you know, be in the batter's box. It's a game of adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. See what it's like. Yeah. He comes up. The pitchers adjust to him. Mm -hmm. Now he has to adjust to the pitchers' adjustments to him. And every hitter has to do this every single time. You know, they've all got, okay, pitchers figured something out against me. I got to adjust to it. Yeah. And it's just kind of that first set of, of Weimer figuring it out. Yeah. This is what... It felt like Keston Hira, who is having a hell of a season to start with AAA, um, of course, but he always does that. But it's kind of what just Keston Hira was never able to adjust, do is adjust to the adjustment. Pitchers yeah. figured out uh, where to pitch him and how to pitch him, and Hira was never able to get past it. So 
but that yeah. was after that was after years. So um, this is happening very quickly in Weimer's career. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, um, what they're able to kind of uh, get him to start looking at and hopefully have him turn around. So, but he's going to get time to do it with uh, with plenty of starts coming his way. Yeah, and I want to caution people off the bat here. Don't fall into the Keston Hira trap. Yeah. Don't no. don't fall into looking at his AAA numbers and being like, oh, he's finally figured it out. He's turned it around. Call him back up, and and you know we'll, you know, give him give him a chance, give him regular playing time, and, and have him do this at the big league level. He's not going to be able to keep this up at the big league level. He's not. We no. we've seen we've sent him down there so many times before. He rakes down in AAA every single time, and we think, okay, he's finally gotten hot. Let's call him back up, and he gets cold as in, as soon as he walks in the door. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen this time. It's not going to happen in a Brewers uniform. If there is any hope of Keston Hira reclaiming some big league success, it's going to have to come from a different organization. He needs a change of scenery beyond just going to Nashville. Because he can go to Nashville all he wants and, and, and hit all he wants there. But as soon as he steps foot in Milwaukee, every single time, without fail, he struggles. Mm-hmm. Send him someplace else. It, it's, yeah. it's the only way for him, for him to get that chance. The Brewers tried. No one wanted to trade for him. They were able to outright him. No one claimed him off, off waivers. You know, we that that that's his only way. Mm-hmm. Try to have some other team believe that okay, look, the talent to hit is obviously still there, and let's try to get him over here and see if he can figure it out. He needs regular playing time at the big league level. He's not going to get it in Milwaukee. No. And let someone else do that. Let the Oakland A's try to play that game. Their team stinks enough as it is. Like, just let them run him out there as much as they want. But... Yeah, and only five people show up to the game, so there's no pressure. Yeah, exactly. It's... it's <laughs> They get more fans in Nashville at games. It's way they, more fans in Nashville. Like, that's... Like, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. We I felt like we were on the cusp of people calling for Keston Hira when Luke Voigt started off slow to the season and granted it was still early and he was barely getting playing time, but there was already kind of that talk starting. It was was just little rumblings, but now Voight has, you know, he's strung some things together. He's uh, um, up to 270 for a batting average. Um, A couple weird facts about Luke Voight stats as I'm looking at them. Um, He only has one extra base hit and one walk. So his average is almost the same as his on-base percentage, which is almost the same as his slugging percentage, which is kind of goofy for a guy who's a power hitter. Um, So there's that. But also, I'm going to throw this fact at you. Um, I'm going to tweet this out in just a little bit. Luke Voigt has as many stolen bases as Garrett Mitchell. Really? (laughs) They both have one. That That is quite the fact. Wow. Yeah. So Yeah. there you go. There you go, Garrett Mitchell. Man, got to step it up there. Yeah. Um, When he gets back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Luke Voigt did take a lot of pride in that stolen base uh, that that he was able to get. He kind of did the the Rowdy Telez double fist pump. He's like, yeah. 
Yeah, Look at me. <laughs> the when uh, he uh um what it wasn't was it first to third or was he just I'm trying to remember it, that when he, he like scored he chugged home. Yeah, it, when he chugged his whole way home, the the absolute monster fist pump that he had after he um scored on that was that was a sight yeah. to behold. That was amazing. And a couple buttons undone, just the bare yep. chested just Oh yeah, he ripped the button open. Yeah, yeah, sh- yeah, showed the packs. Yeah. Hey. That was amazing. Want it if you got it, right? Exactly. Exactly. He is definitely taking over the Daniel Vogelback role on this team. And Voigt and Rowdy together, it's just it makes my heart so whole. Like, uh, it's so perfect. Those two guys, and you know, Rowdy got his stolen base or whatever uh, last year, and you know, he did you know the raise the arms and the big smile, and those those big guys at first base, man. And Rowdy had a huge road trip as well, four homers, yeah, on the road trip, yeah, multi homer game in Seattle. I mean, Rowdy also uh, playing well, getting it together. You know that 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 home stand was a lot of the kids, a lot of the freshmen. You know, the road trip there, Arizona, Seattle, it was a lot more of the veterans stepping in yep. there. You know, Telez producing, Yelich mm-hmm. uh, producing, Adamas. You know, those guys really kind of stepping up and, and adding some more contributions. Yeah. Yeah, Yelich is he's still trying to kind of – he had a slow start to the season, so he's still trying to work some of those, like the average and on base back up. Um, but definitely towards the end um, was uh, – he was starting to piece together some hits – he is, I believe, still top three in the league in runs scored. He is leading the team in stolen bases. Um, he's also leading the team in strikeouts. So, you know, that's going to need to turn itself back around. But, um, you know, th- th- this goes back to what you were talking about at the very beginning about how, like, everyone's contributing. Top of the order, middle of the order, bottom of the order. Different person every game. You've got a lot of different guys doing well. That you know, take some of the pressure off of some of the guys who last year had to be those guys leading the way. Rowdy Telez, Willie Adamas, you know, Christian Yelich, there's going to be pressure on him based off of his contract and based off of, you know, that MVP season and, you know, kind of some of his past accomplishments. Um, But still, it like it helps to have some of the other guys lessening that load. And then now that's when you know, lo and behold, we start to see some of these veterans now starting to raise their game, too. And kind of like everything's just, you know, starting to feel good, at, you know, all the way around. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's looking at, you know, I've got the stats pulled up in front of me. I don't know that there's a single guy there. I mean, there's some guys who are still a little cold, like Joey Weimer. Yeah, he's got a 204 batting average. So, so he's a little bit down there. But He's had some timely hits. Um, you, you know, he's been good in the field. Like that's that's maybe your worst performing offensive player right now. I mean, it, Joey Weimer, yeah. even by by all means, like I, I think you'll cut him a little slack for being a rookie. It, everyone's pretty darn close to average or good in at least some aspect of their game, um, and that's how you end up leading the National League. In record, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep on keep on winning and, and keep on scoring the runs. And, you know, just kind of looking like at, like back at their games, like they have been like scoring 
quite a bit um, in these games. Like they've been stringing it together. You know, it's not a lot of you know one two run outputs or uh, getting shut out. You know, that's really kind of the the cool part that we've seen. Uh, as I can pull up the schedule here, uh, let's see. So from the road trip, okay, yeah, I got shut out the first one. Seven runs, you know, in, in their wins. Seven runs, four runs, 11 runs, one run, uh, seven, six, five, uh, you know, against Seattle. They scored five or more in each game against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's been putting a lot together. Ten nothing, nine nothing over the Mets, seven to six over the Mets. Um, four runs in their shutout win against the Cardinals, six to one win over the Cardinals. Like they're putting runs, like, like they are putting up crooked numbers consistently. Yep. Uh, stringing hits together, you know, it's not overly relying on the home run ball. It is quality offense, which is something we haven't said about this team in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, they're currently scoring five runs a game, and that's with, again, three shutouts on the record. So that means all the games outside of that um, and the 1-0 win, basically, like like you said, crooked numbers. They're putting up runs. Um, oddly enough, five runs a game is only 10th best in the league right now. So the top half of the league uh, offense is definitely up currently. Somehow the Cubs are in third place coming in today in runs per game at 5.82 um so they're not struggling to score they're just struggling to pitch apparently because their record is not that great Uh, 11 and 6 for the cubs they're two games back at the brewers oh did they move okay so they moved their way up they have won their last four games so interestingly enough so like the brewers brewers on a four-game winning streak they haven't extended their division lead at all the Pirates are on a four-game winning streak, and the Cubs are on a four-game winning streak. The mm. Pirates are a game and a half back to the Brewers. The Pirates are in second place. Yeah. And the St. Louis yeah. Cardinals are in fourth place and six games back. Couldn't happen to a better team. No, could not. <laughs> but, but let me just say this, because it needs to be said. You cannot win a division in April, mm. but you can lose one. That's true can lose a division in April. So the further you bury the St. Louis Cardinals here in the month of April, uh, the better going uh, the Brewers might have it uh, down the stretch. You know, six games is a lot to make up. I mean, granted, there's still a long season, and they could make it up over that period of time. But the further you bury them, the harder it's going to be for them to climb out. So especially if the Brewers just kind of keep on winning, just keep on playing, you know, very good, solid baseball, slightly above 500 baseball. You'll just be able to keep them at bay the entire time. Yeah. Winning series against the Cardinals themselves certainly helps. It does. It certainly does. Cannot complain about that at all. What's amazing is that the NL West has one team above 500, and it's the Arizona Diamondbacks mm-hmm. at 11 and 8. The Dodgers, 9 and 10. Padres, 9 and 11. Um, I mean, the Giants and Rockies are down there, but, you know. Everyone kind of figured that going in. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, standing, the the standings are the standings. You are what your record says you are. Yeah. And the Brewers are a 14-5 team. Yeah, and I feel like we we also didn't, we didn't really touch on this yet, the level of competition that the Brewers have played. I mean, you had that opening season against the Cubs, then the Mets, then the Cardinals, 
the Diamondbacks, the Padres, the Mariners, like those are all either very good teams, teams with a ton of talent that they, you know, paid for to get there, um, or teams that were, you know, in the playoffs last year. Yeah, four teams. Four teams that were in the playoffs last year. Yeah. That they faced. Uh, and Arizona is currently in first place in the yep. NL West. And um, Arizona. So that's five of the six teams. And then the other one is the Cubs. Yeah. And Arizona, at the end of last year, like, they gave the Brewers trouble in one of those final series. But Arizona was starting to give a lot of team troubles, in the, particularly in that last month. So yeah. they kind of came into this year as a watch out for them type team. So it's not wholly unsurprising that they're at the top. They've got a lot of young players. Um, Corbin Carroll, you know, half of my namesake. Um, he's going to be on rookie of the year watch this year. Um, Are you guys related? For sure. What's that? Are you guys related? Is he like uh, your uh, aunt's cousin twice removed or something? I'm sure there's something that traces back to something. I have a, actually have a like, like great 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 grandfather who signed the declaration really true story yep wow yeah. what, what was his name charles carroll really Carrollton, maryland i think is named after him and actually uh carroll street in madison named after him too wow what do you charles know? carroll i did not know that wow okay living embodiment of history matt carroll over here ladies and gentlemen there you go there you go um, but anyway, so I'm sure maybe Corbin Carroll traces back to that too. I don't know. Um, I also don't know that necessarily that I am related to or not, um, famed Brewers player, Brett Carroll. Oh, yeah. I don't, I do not know that. Yeah. I don't know. I got his, uh, nameplate is, uh, one of the Brewers clubhouse sales. That was neat. nice. I like it. Anyways. Yeah. Arizona, um, not necessarily a team to be trifled with this year. They should actually be solid. So continues to speak to the level of the competition that the Brewers have played and succeeded against so far. Yeah. And Arizona was the only team on the road trip, but they lost the series, too. They lost two out of three, Arizona. So that that was the first series they had lost all season. And, I mean, they ended up having to face Zach Gallen, who has – you really know, good. made a lot of people look silly um, since his debut. Um, they played Merrick Kelly, who uh, they had a tough time against, I feel like, recently. Like, you know, that that the matchups in that uh, series didn't necessarily work out in their favor either. So, yeah. um, and it was on the road. So, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll And you had to throw Jansen Junk for one of those games. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll take it, though. Yeah. And now the Brewers are back home. Yeah. Um, and they're home for the rest of the month here. They got the Red Sox coming in, uh, the Detroit Tigers, uh, and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, because, yes, cannot forget there that they are from Anaheim, but they're also Los Angeles. So those guys are coming in, and that's going to be really great. It's going to be great to see Otani and Trout. Uh, hopefully they don't completely destroy the Brewers, but uh, it's going to be great to see them in Milwaukee anyways. Maybe. Uh, a, a trip to Milwaukee will help convince Shohei Otani, hey, this is a place I'd really like to play for the next several <laughs> years of my career, and I am willing to take a significant financial discount in order to do so. Um, Definitely. 
definitely. 100% happening. Yes, that, that is exactly what's going to happen because he's going to be so impressed with American Family Field uh, that he's just going, going to want to stay here forever um, in a Brewers uniform. So that would really uh, be great. Uh, not anticipating it, but we shall see. Also, apparently the Angels may end up trading Shohei Otani this July if they fall out of contention. Because if they fall out of contention, Shohei Otani is a free agent at the end of the year, and he's likely not going to want not going to want to sign there long term after seeing how much they've completely failed both him and Mike Trout the past six years. So he's going to be hitting the market, and you know if Milwaukee uh, sets a nice impression, you know, well, I mean, if they could trade him, Bruce could get him for two months and. Mm-hmm. Get ourselves a World Series, and and then when he sees the postseason success in Milwaukee, he'll be like, this is a place I want to stay, and I'm willing to take a significant financial discount in order to do so, (laughs) because that is the only way Shohei Otani is ever coming here, Um, and the odds of that are, uh, let's see, what's the word I'm looking for, Uh, not good. I see no flaws in this logic whatsoever. Yes, thank you. 100% happening. Yes. He's going to be so impressed. He's going to love it. He's going to get traded here. He's going to win a World Series here. And he's going to want to stay long-term. And because he wants to stay long-term, Corbin Burns is going to want to stay long-term. And Brandon Woodruff is going to want to stay long-term. And they're they're going to want to pitch alongside Shohei Otani uh, for the next several years. Willie Adamas is going to want to stay and, and play with Shohei Otani for the next several years. So all these guys are, are now going to want to take significant financial discounts in order to stay alongside Shohei Otani, who's already taking a significant financial discount to play in Milwaukee because they love it that much. Yeah. I, seems perfect to me. Let's, let's yeah. start the, uh, we, we might as well, uh, you know, bring the welcome basket down to American family field ourselves this weekend. Do uh, it not this weekend. Next week, um, yeah. we got the Red Sox first. Um, and yeah, let's just let's just prepare it now. Should we go apartment hunting for him? I mean, might as well, oh, right? We we need we need to go more than just apartments. I mean, we we need to go something super nice for him. You know, mansion hunting. Yeah, sure. Yeah, mansion hunting. Um, you know, somewhere maybe on the on the east side, maybe overlooking Lake Michigan. Yeah, some Whitefish yeah. Bay action, maybe something like that. Yeah, where they got the real fancy ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's definitely drive. a place to look. Mm. Yes, this is definitely happening. We are not yes. delusional. This is, this is a great plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Hanging to the Brewers. Yay. Yay. All right. Uh, before we come up with any more crazy ideas, I think that's a good place <laughs> to stop it for this week. Oh, uh, yeah, we are we are going to try to maintain a more regular uh, schedule here uh, every single week for you. We apologize again for the uh, lapse in episodes the past couple of weeks, but we are going to be back on it. Uh, I have no more vacations currently coming up, so um, I, I don't have a trip to another trip to Florida planned. Although I would love to go back, um, it was a great time down there. But you know, oh back well. to reality. Yep. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, is nice. is the lyric Ope or O? Because I always say Ope. I mean, he's, gravity. he's from Michigan. That's it, Midwest. Like, it could be an Ope. It's possible. It, it could be an Ope. Yeah. Oh, there goes gravity. 
I like it. <laughs> all right. It it just flows so much better. It does. Um, all right. All right. That's that's gonna do it for us. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, again, be sure to follow us on Twitter. We are at reviewing the brew. We no longer have the blue check mark, um, oh, but it's still us, um, and we are still just as verified in our hearts as we were before. Uh, nothing's changed there just because we lost a blue check mark because we are not paying eight dollars for that or should i say fan-sided is not paying eight dollars for that so oh well we have lost a check mark but it's still it's still us yep uh, we'll see you next time for another for another episode of the cold brew podcast